everybody, Dimity here with Coach Amanda Loudon, who coaches a variety of programs in our Train Like a Mother Club. We are doing a live Q&A with the athletes who are using her programs right now. She's got 10K programs, she's got a 10-miler, we got a 10-miler question in the books, um, half marathon and marathon programs, and it's so exciting. I know some races are canceled, but others are not, and people are making adjustments along the way and finding other races, so I'm really excited to encourage these people and help them um, see, see a starting line, see a finish line and, and feel some momentum along the race course, right? It's a big day, right, Amanda? For sure. And it does feel like it's been forever for so many people. And I am feeling badly for those who have to once again adjust. But um, like you said, I mean, I feel like what I'm seeing in the Facebook group is a lot of people are being super resilient about it and saying, okay, plan B. Yes. You know, and yeah. how do I do this? And that's great to see. Yep. Yeah. If nothing else, we know how to do plan B at this point, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like seriously, exactly. throw on yeah. a mask and do plan B because we're going to yeah. make it work. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, so, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to give a call out to people. I printed out the marathon um, racing list. I did not have a chance to print out the half marathon racing list, but um, we know that October is stocked with races. So we've got the Twin Cities going on this weekend. We've got Milwaukee Lakefront, Oklahoma City. Um, the main marathon, we've got wine glass, um, a couple people doing the virtual Boston, Chicago, a lot of people doing Chicago, um, maybe just suggesting a meetup maybe for like five or six people. Um, the Mount Desert, Mar oh, that's the one that was canceled. Sorry, Alicia and Carolyn. Um, <laughs> the Des Moines, Rock and Roll San Diego. Um, so lots just around the country, good stuff going on. And um, so we'll definitely talk race pace or race day strategy, pacing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, we're going to start out, uh, Amanda, actually with um, a 10 uh, half marathon question. Okay. Um, Christina says um, she wants she wants to know about fueling um, during and or after a six mile run. She is running the half um, marathon at the end of October. So she's getting into her longer runs um, on the weekends. So you want to talk a little bit about fueling and when it's a good time to bring it in? Sure. Um, I don't think it's six miles yet. It is necessary. Um, when you start getting in between, say, six and nine miles, then I would start bringing it in. I'm talking during the run. Um, after the run, I, I always want to see people go home and, and eat something and, and kind of give your muscles a little bit of a, a kickstart to, to the recovery process. So, but still at that six mile marker, I, I don't think you really need to be um, tapping into that. You're really not burning through that much glycogen yet. And um, it's kind of, it's not going to really do you any good for kind of practicing at that stage yet either. So yeah, let's just wait till we get over that mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think somewhere in the 75 to 90 minute, cause it can, I mean, depending upon where people's paces are sometimes, right? right? right. So um, if you're, if you're a 10 minute miler, absolutely six miles, you're good. You know, if, yeah. if you're out there doing a run walk and maybe it takes you a little bit longer, but yeah, I think you're right. And, um, and coming home, I mean, let's talk about some easy things that um, people can get down into their gullet um, before uh, to kind of help them with the recovery process, because that is super important when you're training day after day. So what, what kind of stuff do you like to eat after a run? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I'm a morning runner, so I always breakfast is always my my after. Your go-to, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, what you're looking for, of course, is the mixture of um, carbohydrates and protein for recovery. And I don't think you need to micromanage it down to the detail, you know. But um, so, you know, you could come home and 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 do some eggs with some veggies and maybe a little bit of cheese on the top. Um, you could do a bowl of oatmeal, um, throw some fruit in there, um, toast with the nut butter on it, toast with some avocado on it. Um, any of those things, um, yeah. you know, and if you're not a morning runner, of course, I, I, again, I was going back to my, my morning, um, routine. So, you know, if you run in the evenings, you might not want like a full meal, um, you know, cause you might be getting closer to bed, um, or you might've already had your meal, you know, so something easier that's, that's quicker to get down and, and smaller, even, you know, some decent, you know, um, energy bars, um, things like that. But again, you know, a piece of fruit with some nut butter on it, um, something that's, that's quick and easy then gives you a, a hit of both those, the carbohydrates and the proteins. I like it. I like it. Okay. So um, here's another question from Christina. So she's going to run a half marathon at the end of October. Um, and exactly one year later, um, maybe she has her eye at a specific race. She wants to run um, a full so a full marathon. So how would how would you structure those 52 weeks? So that's, that's kind of a, a pretty detailed question, but let's just talk in chunks. So she finishes her race um, at the end of October. So, you know, what do you do for those next kind of the month of November um, to kind of, I, I don't know, recover, give yourself a break? Like, what would you do? Yeah, I mean, definitely after a half marathon, the first week or two, you definitely want to, you know, really... Um, you know, cut back on your running and just, you know, um, take yourself off of any kind of a schedule and just kind of go with the flow and enjoy. If you feel like going out for a run, go out for something really short, really easy, especially that first week, um, you know, two, three runs that week, maybe get into a pool. If you like to swim or water run, get on a bike, go for some walks, a hike, whatever it might be. Um, but nothing specific for those first couple of weeks, just kind of, you know, move, but, um, but that's it. That's the name of the game. You're looking to recover physically, mentally, all the above. Um, and then, you know, going forward after that, um, you know, we are, we are getting kind of closer to the holidays a little bit. So, you know, your, your life's going to be probably not, um, as consistent as it would be once you get into January. Um, but, but, you know, if you want to try to like stick with about three runs a week, you know, during that time and maybe keep one of them um, as kind of a longer run, it doesn't have to be what you were doing for your half marathon at that point whatsoever. Um, you know, maybe something like, you know, six to eight miles or even eight to 10, a little bit down the road um, if you want. Um, and then, you know, going forward from there, I would suggest maybe aiming for another spring half marathon. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe doing a program again, just because, um, you know, it's going to keep you in a structured training, um, pattern. It's going to give you more experience for racing. Um, and it, it'll build your confidence as well as your endurance. So that then when it's time to switch over and train for a marathon, you know, in the summer going toward the fall goal, um, you'll be, you'll be primed and ready to, to take that training on. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah. And I mean, if you want, if you've enjoyed, um, training under coach Amanda's plans and her, um, and her expertise, Christina, you know, her plans are 18 weeks long. Um, the marathon plans are, so they're a little bit longer than the 15 week half marathon plans, three weeks. So give yourself time obviously to get ready for that. But the, the thing that sometimes I think people think is that they need to like 
if, if you are a regular runner, they have to, have to ramp up to train for the marathon. And 18 weeks is a really, it's a nice chunk of time. It's four and a half months. So, um, so don't think that you have to get to like 15 miles before you start marathon training or something like that. You know, you don't have to necessarily do that. So just, you know, before you start on a serious, when you get, when you've got your marathon in your, in your sights, like, um, that's like day one of that plan is when you really start training for real. You know, mm-hmm. I guess I just want to like emphasize, cause like, she's like 52 weeks. I, you know, you're not going to train for the marathon for 52 weeks. You're going to run consistently ideally for 52 weeks and stay strong and keep strength training and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, once you're on the plan, that's, and that's definitely, especially for your first time, I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are a couple, uh, questions about, um, uh, sickness. Um, so here's the first one, um, COVID, um, this is a, we just got, I just got off the ultra, uh, webinar and someone else has COVID. It's so whatever it is, what it is, but it's just so frustrating, um, to have everything derailed. But anyway, so Jennifer had a recent COVID infection right after her daughter's wedding, um, she had, she was off the training plan for nearly three weeks. Um, and her half marathon is on October 23rd. So it's probably, that's that three weeks away, I think right now. Um, yeah. yeah, I was following the race at plan. Um, she's walked comfortably for the last three days, has no shortness of breath today. She did six, almost seven miles of walking. So, um, if you were to advise her, which you are going to do, <laughs> what's what's a good strategy for her finishing the half? It has a, a three hour and 30 minute time limit. So we don't want to, um, you know, jeopardize her health further. But if she's feeling pretty good, like what 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 would you do between now and then if she did seven miles of walking today? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're doing that and feeling good, I mean, no. I don't want anything underlying at all in there. Just I, I get scared of it. I, I'm a little bit nervous to advise on this because I know I don't I don't want to be the cause of someone ending up with long COVID or something. Um, no, I hear you. I hear you. And that's actually what the on the ultra marathon on the ultra webinar, um, the woman uh, who has it right now, um, who we spoke to in her basement, she was worried about myocarditis. So yeah, it's definitely something that we're not playing around with but if if you have i would say get to your doctor have him clear you to run him or her to clear you to run um and then if you can get to the race if she yeah. can get to the race and feeling like she can do that is it just a day of enjoying that she gets to be out there in that fresh air and and uh covid you know not under quarantine anymore <laughs> I, I really think so i mean yes that, that you know check that box with your doctor first and then yes i mean I just would caution against saying, okay, even if the training went well and you're feeling better that you're going to go for a PR, or you're going to try to run it hard. I just think maybe like that, you know, with, with COVID in there, you know, it's a season to, to be very cautious. And so, um, so yes, go out and, you know, you know, if you feel up to running by then and maybe try a few runs as you get closer to it. Um, again, that's that, you know, six, seven miles of, of walking is a great start and not feeling bad. I'm glad to hear that, but, um, you know, take it very, very slow and cautious walk, run, walk the whole thing, run super easy. If you feel great and you've got the green light. Um, but you know, it's not a time to push. I would say right now. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so Jennifer, hopefully that's helpful and hopefully you're continuing to feel better and I'm glad that you're, you're getting out there and, um, yeah, let us know how it goes. 
Um, okay, yeah, this is the, actually there isn't a question about the 10 miler, but I wanted to share this just because it's fun to share in people's, um, in their glory. And, and that's one of the great things about the Facebook page and, um, and kind of this whole program, the training program is you kind of have teammates that are similar minded to you, but you're not, you know, necessarily showing up all up at the same race, but you've got the same schedules more or less, um, you know, and you've got some of the same runs and, um, and you get to talk about the ups and downs. And so Mary Carolyn um, wrote a very, she said her race report ended up being super long, um, but she had uh, perfectly, perfect unseasonable weather led to unexpectedly awesome day for me. So the day, it was a nice, um, it was a Virginia 10 miler. Did you ever, have you ever done that race? Oh, no, I saw that posting in there and I was like, oh, I've never heard of that race. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's pretty good. Minus the hill, like a, a mile yeah. and a half climb at the last, uh, the last getting up to 10 miles. So it's a 10 mile race. She said, I got close to my personal best for this course. She ran under two hours and felt amazingly, felt amazing mentally and physically. Um, she said, I always send race pictures to my dad and he's never seen me look so confident at the end of the race. I'll take it. Aww. That's great. It's a great, great yeah. picture of her. So congratulations, Mary Carolyn. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Okay. Um, here's a question from Christine. Um, she said, uh, I thought that I should be able to run a 205 half on a flat course and a 210 on the not so flat course in Lucerne. Well, maybe I need to rethink because I checked some of my old race times in Lucerne and most of them were 212 or 213. And I have definitely had better and more consistent training cycles than the current one I'm in. So um, she's just wondering, like, how do you have a goal time um, for your race and how do you determine it? So, you know, if she has, you know, so she's basically, I mean, I guess help, help us figure out how to find a goal time <laughs> or give us general, you know, guardrails for finding a goal yeah. time. So it sounds to me like she is now going to be racing a flat course. Am I correct in that? No, I think she's running um, Lucerne again. So she was yeah, okay. maybe at 210, but now she went back and looked at her times, previous times. They were a little, a couple of minutes slower than that. Um, and she said, maybe this, this training cycle isn't, that hasn't been as good. So um, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe adjust by a couple of minutes either way, I guess, give yourself a window. Um, I, I wouldn't feel completely, I mean, okay. I mean, training hasn't been ideal and, and, and that's, that's understandable to, it can shake your confidence a little bit, but um, I mean, I think she's, she knows she can do those times before she knows the course. That's really helpful because yeah. you know how to run it intelligently. Um, so, I mean, maybe put yourself in a window of like, 208 to, you know, 213, 214, somewhere in there and start, start conservatively and see how the day is going and see what you can do. I, I, I wouldn't write off not being able to, um, you know, hit a, hit a time that you want. Maybe 205 is a stretch for you if trading hasn't gone well, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I think give yourself a, a little window in there and, um, allow for it to have some wiggle room in there for, for a potential PR, just I'm going again off of experience um, yeah. and, and see what happens. Yeah. 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 Something like a 208 to 213 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I think that that's smart. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I think sometimes we say, oh, well, I didn't have, I didn't nail that workout or I didn't have a consistent training schedule and you kind of defeat yourself prior yeah. to going out, realizing that you have all these miles underneath you holding you up you know, yeah. you have race experience on this course, Christine. I mean, I'm, you know, so definitely, um, 
you know, and then and start conservatively and see what the day brings. You, you may be pleasantly surprised. And also if, you know, like with uh, Mary Carolyn, like all of a sudden it was just a beautiful, perfect running day for mm-hmm. her, right? Mm-hmm. The weather totally cooperated. So suddenly like she's not training an 85 degree heat with 70% humidity anymore, you know, and all yeah. that's, that alone is going to make you feel like a rock star, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So give yourself a little shot in the arm. I mean, you know, don't, don't self-prophesize, you know, for for going the wrong direction. Don't, you know, you might, you might be pleasantly surprised. Yes, totally. Totally. Um, Alicia, do you want to, I know that you're here because you put a comment up. Do you want to come in and talk about your cancellation and what your plan is? Sure. I'm happy to do that. Thanks so much. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. So I was supposed to be running the um, Bar Harbor um, Marathon, October 17th, that was canceled. I shifted gears. I decided I still wanted to run an actual race. And so I found one in Omaha, Nebraska that I'm running this weekend, October 3rd. So two weeks prior. So it was great timing because I could just literally cut off my training and, and do the last two weeks of the actual plan. So that worked fine to adjust. I'd already done two 20s. What I missed was the 22. Um, and so um, what I'm planning to do is run this actual marathon. And then in two weeks, I'm still visiting Bar Harbor and I'm going to run the distance there. So I'm going to run two marathons in two weeks, but I kind of thought I could treat this marathon like the 22 training (laughs) and then the marathon in Bar Harbor with my friend, um, just for fun. And so both of them are just for fun. I have zero time goals. I've done races with time goals in the past. I have no interest in time goals anymore. I'm just old and like to have fun. Um, and so, (laughs) and so, um, so hopefully I'm, you know, this isn't a stupid plan and I've done 50 Ks. So I've also done things before where I was stacking on more miles. And so my, that was my really long way of saying, what should I do in between the two races? Should I run right after them? And normally I wouldn't run the week after a marathon, but if I'm yeah. treating it sort of like it was the 22, then I would be ready right after the marathon. Yeah. So yeah. wanted to get your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I would definitely, at least for the for the majority, well, okay, say so your race is your race on a Saturday or a Sunday? I'm not sure. Both are on Sundays. Both, are both Sundays. On Sundays. So you're coming off your race on a Sunday. Maybe at least do like a couple of other types of really super easy recovery workouts for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, then throw in like a four or five miler. Sunday, maybe throw in about a 10 miler, eight to 10. Okay. Yeah. And and then again, kind of a couple easy shorter runs before you go back into the marathon again. Yeah. So not, not a lot of, not a lot of running, but just a little bit of maintenance to keep your legs, you know, primed to do it. And, and, you know, you know, you can, so, um, yeah, yeah. That's great. Thank you. I love, I love your plan. I think it's so fun. I know. It's just one of those things, like you said, we have to roll with it. And you were saying plan B, I'm like, or C or D. Like, <laughs> like we might be moving our way down the alphabet now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what, what made you choose Omaha? Like that's such a big difference from like Maine to, to Nebraska. How'd that come up? Yes. Well, I live in Minnesota. So I was actually okay. just looking for something close that fit my timeline. Twin Cities was closed and I've run Twin Cities four times. And so yeah. like, I didn't really feel like I needed to do it again, even if I could have found myself a ticket. Um, I have a friend in Omaha. I'm going to do a couple college visits with my friends while we're down there. Oh yeah. Just in case anyone wants to know how ill planning I am, we're actually leaving home Saturday morning at 3 a.m. Um, because we have a college tour planned at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, oh <laughs> and then we're going to run the marathon Sunday. It'll be fine. My husband will drive. I will sleep. But that's how 
not seriously, kind of. I mean, I'm asleep. I will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. You're like multitasking like a mother. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So the, the only other thing, and I know you know this, but I just want to throw this out there if anyone else is doing that. It's like that recovery. I know, I know you like, okay, well, I'm going to treat it like a 22 miler, but reality is, is you probably haven't run that many races with people lately. And I think, you know, sometimes just unconsciously, like the momentum of it all, you know, you might get carried away and just, you know, being able to chase somebody or running along with somebody you're chatting with. And then all of a sudden you're running faster than you were anticipating. So um, so, you know, just recover. This is really my well. bracelet with all my times that I will be taping to my arm. And it actually tells me like, I can't, like, if I like hit somewhere too soon, I have to like pause. Really? <laughs> like, okay. I'm literally going to make myself pause because I don't want to overrun my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So you got it. You got it. Yeah. Well, totally. and the race I trained for was hilly, um, hilly and pretty. So I'd actually planned to run slow, maybe walk the hills and take a lot of pictures, but the race I'm doing is flat. And so I think there's a huge risk that I will overrun it if I don't stop myself. <laughs> in that break, you know, definitely like tattoo those numbers on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, and, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was actually just gonna change the subject and say, and you didn't read my uh, chat response for Amanda was giving all this great advice for what we should eat after a race. And I said, I prefer pizza and beer. So (laughs) (laughs) that was, that was Amanda's for after a workout, but yes, I would definitely condone pizza and beer in Omaha after your race. And again, with, I mean, that's my favorite post post race celebration meal, but like the week after, like treat yourself a little bit like a princess, like take some Epsom salt baths, you know, foam roll, drink, you know, you know, maybe get some yummy protein drinks that make you, you know, that cost $3, but you like, or whatever, you know, just kind of to like, you know, kind of make you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm doing my best to recover so that I can, you know, then go ahead and can go the distance again. I love yeah. that advice. We're recording this, right? And I can replay it to my family and tell yes. them that they have to be, I'm, I'm their princess. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank there you. you go. Have such a good time. I can't wait to hear about it. That's great. That's great. Okay. Thanks, ladies. Yep, totally. Um, so Kristen is another one who's been hit with, um, she's on the marathon page. She is also, um, she hasn't been hit with illness yet, but her um, two-year-old, this was like 12 hours ago, so probably, you know, at four and five in the morning, she put this up. Her two-year-old was puking. Um, Her daycare provider has stomach bugs symptoms. And she said, we all know how this goes. The chance that I'll die just are so low. These bugs are so contagious. Um, And her race is this Sunday. So she's just one, I mean, we have our fingers crossed for you, Christine, Christine, that you're not going to get it. Um, She's taking good care of herself now. She has her mask on, all that kind of stuff. But if she needs a contingency plan, um, if she could find a marathon, you know, another one in two to three weeks, like how, say she does get the stomach bug, she's lays low, you know, kind of starts to recover maybe like the middle of next week or whatever. What would you do, Amanda, if that were you? Like, how would you, when would you look for another marathon to kind of, hopefully um, if it's open and you can get in and all that. Yeah, I mean, I think two weeks would be really ideal if possible. Okay. Uh, I mean, one week maybe, but that depends on the length of illness. And this is a big, it's such a big unknown. We don't know what yeah. it's gonna feel like. Cause, cause I mean, you know, if it is a stomach bug that she ends up with then she's gonna be depleted and you know, all of those things, electrolytes will be off balance, all that kind of stuff. So I'd say two weeks would be ideal because then you can, you know, you're still in good shape, you're tapered, you're, you're, you know, pretty much ready to go. And, and we can come up with like, a, you know, a little bit of a, a, a quick little short-term plan in there to, sure. to you know, 
for, for runs in between. So um, same with three weeks. I mean, but I, I would, I mean, if there's any way to do it in two weeks, I would go for two weeks. Okay. Um, hopefully this is all for not, and hopefully she's going to be fine. And, yes. um, you know, um, and, and don't, don't worry yourself sick about it either, because it, it's, you know, you're doing all the right things to, to prevent it from happening to you. Um, so don't add stress to yourself worrying about an unknown right now. So yeah, totally. Absolutely. So Kristen, if you do end up having to bow out of the, your race this weekend, let us know on the Facebook page, tag coach Amanda, and she'll help you, you know, let us know what your race date is going to be your new race date. And we'll help you get back into that taper and feeling nice and strong and, um, and just drink all the Gatorade and all the Pedialyte or whatever you like to drink when you have the stomach bug. Um, okay. Sherry is looking for guidance on race pace strategy. Um, she's running her first marathon in nine days and training right. has gone really well. Right. She says her goal is to just finish feeling relatively strong. Um, she thinks that she should be able to finish around a 430 um, based on her previous half marathon times. Um, so she wants to know, is it smart to try to run the whole marathon at a steady, consistent pace that would have me finish around that time? Um, I'm not going to lie. The idea of running my first marathon and attempting negative splits in the last half is very intimidating. Um, and if you can't tell, I have a moderate case of the taper crazies, a new feeling for me. And I feel like I'm overthinking everything that has to do with this race. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, <very> typical. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, so Sherry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, don't no, talk through it. Talk it through a minute. No, no, I was just going to say, um, I, you know, I'm a big fan in first marathons, not having a real big goal. Um, if you feel like 430 is within reach, what I would do um, is really kind of, you know, honestly, try not to look at your watch those first few miles other than check at that, check at the mile marker and make sure you're not running well ahead of what might be equivalent to a 430 pace. And I can't, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head what pace that is. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head either, but. Uh, yeah, um, I but I mean, you know, do a little check-in to make sure you're not out ahead of it. Um, like look at the one mile mark, adjust if you've gotten ahead of that. Um, two mile mark, adjust if you've gotten ahead of that. Um, but otherwise try not to, you know, be a slave to the watch and try to just kind of let your legs kind of feel it out. And, you know, do these little check-ins as you go. And if it's starting to feel like 430 could be within reach, um, you know, then then try to more or less be on that pace. But, um, you know, first marathon, you're going to hit any marathon, you're going to hit lows, you're going to get hit highs. Um, you know, the, the advice is always, you know, like a, a consistent pace is the best pace for, for a marathon. Um, but reality is that it's more that it's going to average out to a consistent pace. I mean, um, course variations and where you feel bad and where you feel good and all those things make it a very variable race mile to mile. So, um, more let feel dictate, keep a little eye on the clock, see where you are. Don't let yourself get ahead of that pace for sure. So yeah, she's doing the Hartford Marathon. Do you happen to know anything about that course? I actually don't. I don't okay. either. I was hoping she was yeah. doing Chicago because we could talk about how flat it is, but I don't know right. the Hartford Marathon. So right, right. Um, the only thing I think is that you'd probably have great weather, but I don't know anything beyond that. <laughs> yeah, and maybe some good foliage too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things I did want to mention is um, in your running resources, in the AMR, in your account, in your other mother runner account, there is um, now a, a new tab called running resources. We just added those recently. And um, Amanda, Amanda has written up both um, half, marathon, half marathon strategies for success and marathon strategies for success. And it definitely 
talks through the race kind of not mile by mile but chunk by chunk and so um yep like you said miles 17 to 20 you're going to hit some low points during these miles if you haven't had it some already um you know talking about just kind of where how to pace yourself how to what to expect a little bit with the ups and downs of your first marathon um so if you haven't seen that definitely go in and check it out um and there's also a packing list in there as well for you guys for the half marathon and marathon so um it's got you know pretty much everything down to the safety pins for your bib so if you're feeling anxious about forgetting something check out that packing list as well um okay uh jenna is sad she won't be able to make it she has a baby swim class and I, I think i recall jenna has a fairly young baby so she's doing a marathon which is great um so she's doing the the, the walk run plan uh for marathon day so she's wondering what her um her walk run pattern should be for that day um and just as background if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with it we're the walk run um gets you up to 15 minutes of running and two minutes of walking if you know that's that's what's written on the plan in the plan we also say that you can keep the ratio that feels best for you so if you wanted to stay at 10 2 or 8 2 or 9 1 or whatever you know there's definitely some wiggle room there so that's kind of a good segue i think to what your answer is going to be amanda but why don't you talk about it yeah i mean honestly i don't have a lot to add um you know that that's kind of it i guess is is that you know what if you've been comfortable with these final um, ratios, I mean, by all means, stick to it. And, um, you know, if, if later on in the race, you're feeling particularly good and you want to try running a little bit longer than that, you know, go for it. Um, I would say save that for later though, but, um, yeah, find, find what works, you know, you should know, I guess, what, what, what has been good for you, um, at this point and, um, your body's kind of used to that. And I would say stick with it. Yeah. The, the biggest thing, again, just talking about going back to being um, in-person race, a lot of excitement, you're tapered, it's the marathon, music is playing, people, are, you know, maybe you start on a downhill, like you're feeling really good. Like, don't let that uh, feeling, that sensation um, kind of come back and bite you at mile 24 because you ran straight for two miles and you're used to doing, say, six one or something like that right like so if you if you're used to doing jen if you're used to doing a six one or a two one or an eight one or whatever like that is your pattern for the entire marathon until you get to what like mile 24 and you want to put on the rocket boosters if you're feeling yeah. good or something like that i mean yeah. what did you say yeah. amanda yeah 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 for yeah. sure for sure yeah. yeah okay cool cool all right well so with all these ladies racing and, and there are people here if you guys have any other questions you want to ask coach amanda definitely um jump on and in the chat button or you can also unmute yourself and talk otherwise um let's send them off what, what do you want to let them know as far as um going to going to that starting line yeah, I mean, honestly, after what everyone's been through and how much we've all missed races, you know, um, I think a lot of what Dimity said is is really important to keep in mind. Don't don't get too caught up in the excitement because it is going to it's going to I mean, gosh, how emotional is this going to be um, returning your first starting line or, you know, or are doing your first race if, if that's what the case might be. So um, keep yourselves in check. But also remember, like, this is a celebration. This is exciting. This is I mean, I kind of, kind of like <laughs> just the opposite ends of the spectrum there, but, but be happy that you're there. I guess, I guess oh, let's, let's all be, be grateful that, that, that we're, you know, at least at a point in this pandemic where we can do some of this kind of thing. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's a pretty cool thing. And so, um, you know, I guess go in with your heart full of gratitude and 
and let that carry you. Yeah, yeah, the energy there. I mean, I just came off a race last weekend um, and I, it was just so nice to just be around people that love to do what you like to do yeah. um, and then have that energy and have, you know, people, the course that I was on was um, back and forth, right? So you could kind of say good job to people and just, you know, just soak that up, soak up the chance that you get to actually um, have a lot of good interactions with people that you know, you know, will appreciate your interactions, right? Um, yeah. So that's great. Um, Heidi wants to talk about post-race momentum. Um, so, uh, so okay, so I'm not sure what distance Heidi's doing, but let's talk about recovery for a minute. How long should that recovery be? I know you talked a little bit about um, that for uh, our, for, for what's uh, Sheer, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. just looking for that name. Um, so like, is it a week? I mean, she's doing a marathon this Sunday. So Heidi's yeah. doing a full on marathon. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about recovery there. Yeah. So I think one of the things to know about marathon recovery is that it can sometimes be, um, kind of deceiving. You can, you know, it's, it's, it's very common that you, you might actually, you know, three or four days later, be like, wow, I'm recovered. I feel great. You know, and want to go out and, and do some real training again. And, um, no matter how good you may or may not be feeling, um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is you're not recovered. And, um, it honestly takes, you know, about four weeks to really entirely recover from a marathon. So, try to keep that in mind. And, um, you know, when you talk about momentum, you're going to initially, um, especially if you have a good race, you're going to initially, you know, be all pumped and be all like, I want to get back to training and I, I can't wait to run my next marathon and this, that, and the other. And, and you have to temper that a bit, um, you know, and then, and then there might also be a letdown, you know, be prepared for a little bit of an emotional letdown, you know, two weeks later, you might be like, Oh, you know, it's over. It's just, you know, the excitement's over, the anticipation's over, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so just keep that in mind, um, you know, whether you're finding yourself motivated or unmotivated, you know, the, the best thing is, you know, unstructured, loose, easy, short training for, you know, three, four weeks to, to really allow your body to cover, recover. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, like a general rule of thumb is like you need the number of days of recovery of for the number of miles that you raced right yes. so 26 is about a month so yeah, yeah that doesn't mean again that you're not running at all that month um right. but it's more right. that yeah like you said unstructured movement um so then i mean if she is wanting to race again like when when could she think about putting something on the calendar and again it, it kind of matters you know if, uh, if you have your eye on something heidi let us know a 5k is very different. A jingle bell 5k is very different right. than another marathon in January. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, two marathons a year is pretty ideal. Um, mm -hmm. you know, definitely there are outliers and people who can handle more and, um, but I always just kind of take the, um, the idea that, that, you know, we do this sport because we love it. We want to be doing it for a long time. And so, um, you know, if, if we're talking marathons, I would, I would wait till spring before you're running another one. Um, you know, if it's a half, you know, and you want to do one in the winter, January, February, yeah, that's sure doable. Um, so, and then like, like Dimity said, you know, the shorter fun runs, you know, fun races around the holidays, that kind of thing, go for it, enjoy it. Yeah. Totally, totally. And last thing, I just want to echo because Amanda brought it up. Um, the post-race blues, especially for your marathoners, 
Um, I see another question coming up, so we'll, I'll get that in a second. But I just wanted to say, you know, like, you know, especially, I mean, but a half marathon too. And, you know, again, like there's a lot of buildup and excitement because it's probably one of your first races back, if not your first. And, um, you know, the day after, I mean, I'm, I'm like four days, three days, four days out now from my race. And um, it definitely kind of hit me hard yesterday. And today I'm feeling a little blah and a little aimless and missing the structure and missing the purpose and missing the goal that I had on my schedule for so long. And it's not, I mean, it's not debilitating, but just know that that's normal. So if you start to feel like, oh my God, I just did this amazing thing. I just ran 26.2 miles or 13.1. And I can't believe I feel so low right now after this achievement that I finally got to just know that that's just kind of the nature of the beast. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's almost like a wedding, you know, like you plan for, for months and months and months, you have your big day and then there's a little bit of a letdown sometimes, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. It's that day. If you celebrate the day after Christmas feeling, but it lingers a little bit longer. <laughs> okay. Um, here's another question. I've heard so much about peri um, menopause and menopause affecting running. I'm running my fifth marathon five years later, and I'm now in um, menopause. Um, should I have been training differently? All the doubts are creeping in, taper fun. Well, the good news is that you can't really do anything differently at this point, right? Um, but yeah, is, is there anything that um, menopausal women or perimenopausal women in your experience should do different, Coach Amanda? Um, I mean, I think some of the things to keep in mind are um, thermoregulation. You know, when, once you have lost estrogen, um, you're not going to be able to, um, for instance, dissipate, like heat is going to get to a little bit more than it used to. Um, you know, I think that's a pretty common thing. Uh, just your body doesn't manage heat as well. So, you know, going forward, when you're looking at race dates, maybe keep that in mind for, you know, when you want to be racing. Um, nutrition, you know, I think is absolutely the biggest thing when, when, when you're, you know, menopausal. I mean, you know, bone health is huge now at this age. It's huge. Um, I, I don't want to, like, I hate to be like scare people off, but I have two yeah. friends right now who, who, you know, they're in their fifties, they're postmenopausal, both have stress fractures and they are women who like went years with no injuries. They didn't do anything different, but bone health, you know, your, your, your body is now pulling calcium out of your body, out of your bones very quickly. And so you need to really keep that in mind up that up your vitamin D so that you're absorbing your calcium, make sure your nutrition's solid. Um, we know that sleep can get interrupted a little bit with, with menopause. Um, oh, just a little you know. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, no, the, so yeah. Yeah. We all, any of us who are there have experienced this and it's, it's, it's kind of annoying. Um, you know, I mean the, the upsides, you know, once your, your period has stopped, you know, if maybe you had problems with, um, keeping your iron levels up, you know, that might be a little bonus. I've had that happen where I'm not quite as anemic as I used to always be. <laughs> so, sure. you know, the, the, I, there are things like that. So yeah, things to keep in mind. I really recommend um, Roar by um, Stacey Sims. If, if you are perimenopausal or menopausal, she has so much good information in there um, about all of these issues. And she really even digs into cycles, this, you know, for any female, she digs into cycles and how they impact your training and how you, can counterbalance that. So yeah. Yeah. She's actually, they're actually coming out. Um, we had Celine Yeager, who was her um, co-author on Roar. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in many happy miles with us in, um, in August talking all things menopause. It was a great, great uh, webinar. And, um, and uh, they're doing a menopausal book for Roar. Um, and I think it's coming out, I feel like early next year. So Excellent. just a very Excellent. menopause focus. It's not just 
female as a whole, it's, it's for us. Um, or if you're in, if you're in our age group, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so definitely check that out. Well, the other thing you said, thermal regulation, I mean, almost on race day too. I mean, if there is something you can do is definitely be, be prepared for different, like, you know, I don't know, layers is what I'm thinking, like tank top under a long sleeve, if it's going to be a chillier day in case you get, you know, hot yeah. flashy or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah. That's probably not yeah. even good advice. I'm just like thinking that, 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 that just came to mind. So yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just plan ahead for all those contingencies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks you guys. This was fun. Thank you, coach Amanda for your Thanks, expertise guys. and for guiding these programs and definitely let us know how it all goes. And we'll, we'll do another one of these in a couple months. So, um, if you are around and uh, and still training, we will we'll meet you there. Otherwise, um, let us know how it goes and uh, just have a great day. Have a great day out there. See you guys. All right, take care. Thanks, Amanda. Bye-bye, thanks. Bye. -bye. thanks. Bye.